Hey, welcome to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, a podcast where we interview performers about their worst experiences on stage. I'm Luke Fagenbush. I'm here with my co-host... Lauren Hutton! Yeah! There he is. And who'd we talk to today, Lauren? We talked to Spark Tabor. Oh, is that, man. Is that how you say his name? Is it Tabor or Tabar? Tabor? I mean, Tabar... Tabor sounds more exciting, I think, <laughs> but I do think it's Tabor. All right. Let's wait, wait to just immediately make everyone think that this is a boring person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we he needs a rebranding. Let's let's just give this to him. <laughs> yeah, no, but he's much more he needs the opposite of that. He needs to be taken down a peg. <laughs> yeah man super funny guy very fun to talk to uh Jeez. you know he's been doing all sorts of creative things to solve the problem of like how do you put on shows in in the current climate of what's going on exactly he's all over zoom he's on twitch and yeah. even before that he was running shows in cincinnati and then he moved out to chicago and he hasn't stopped yet he hasn't stopped moving to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> he still yeah, has half his stuff him, here. Keep seeing him around here, and we're like, when are you finally going to get moved? <laughs> oh, you've been living there for five years? <laughs> <laughs> it's off and on. It's back and forth. Yeah, uh, but we hear a lot about like the the comedy scene in Cincy back before we were we were even a name, when we were still on our mama's bosom. And, <laughs> but things were different back then and i think he does he does this how would you describe the show he compared it to the apollo yeah i mean it's similar to that the the audience is encouraged to be very vocal about whether or not they don't like you which can be a just a disastrous situation for a performer if the audience is automatically being told like yeah yeah go ahead and shout at this guy if you don't like him that's <laughs> that's not a good setup that's not a good setup for comedy unless you're a really strong comic and you can turn that into your favor but uh that's not what this show is about right uh, three <laughs> guesses how that turns out for spark <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and we'll find out now. <laughs> yeah! Enjoy the episode, everybody. So, Spark, I don't I don't know anything about you, man. Yes. I don't think we've actually ever uh, met in person. Where are you from again? Uh yeah, I am I'm born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, I currently live in Chicago. I have been for the past five years. Uh, and it seems to be that is the place for now. Gotcha. Uh, what sucked you into Chicago? Like, you just like the city, you like the people, you like the comedy scene. Like, is there a certain burger joint that just won't let you go? <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, uh, I, when I, I've been doing comedy, I, I want to say four and a half years, five years in Cincinnati. And I had, I had featured at both clubs. I had hosted at both clubs. I had done the, I did the fest. Like I, I done all of the, all of the things. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, were available um both um so at that point i was like what well, this that's it right like i mean obviously headlining is the next step but i wasn't i didn't feel like i was getting any closer to that with staying so right. i figured i would try my hand at a at a larger market that was a, a bit more competitive uh yeah. so I, I decided that 
Chicago was close enough to home that I could still drive back whenever I wanted. Oh, yeah. And I really don't like L.A. (laughs) But why? What's wrong with the uh, with with the city of angels, man? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Every not. okay, not everything. The weather there is great and the people are very attractive. I'll give them that. Uh, Physically. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. The only positives. (laughs) <laughs> great weather and, and hot people but i don't know it's just it's it's dirty and there's too many people there and it takes 32 hours to get down the street and uh everyone there is there for like the same reason right so it's hard to meet just like normal people yeah yeah for sure yeah what do you consider a normal person like what's a normie to you i think normal people are people that are like not following their dreams <laughs> <laughs> that's maybe the saddest thing about the human race i've ever heard <laughs> uh, i mean like that's like a bit but i'm also being serious you know what i mean like they're yeah yeah when you meet people that are like this is the thing i love most in the world and it's the only thing that matters to me like they can be kind of a lot yeah uh, but so your average person is just like yeah i, I like to play you know board games but it's just also something i do it's not like <laughs> i'm not trying to make a career at a monopoly or anything yeah yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. the self-interested part of that is the big hurdle to get over because if someone's always looking for how they benefit off of other people then that's the thing that you don't want yeah yes. yeah the exhausting personality what can you do to fuel my passion Oh, oh, nothing? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you have a wonderful You're not time. a real person to me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. So normal people don't have that. You know, normal people Correct. just make relationships based on, you know, the genuine enjoyment of company and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All it's right. A, it's a rare breed in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Just to have a normal person. Oh, man. Name five normal people that are like household names, but still have maintained their semblance of humanity. See, you can't do it. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. Like, I, that's not that's not even a strike against them. It's just that if you're a, if like household name, meaning like the average American knows who you are. Yeah, there's you don't you've you've forfeited the right to be a normal person right Right, yeah you're not allowed anymore it's the literal selling of your soul like you're not a dude anymore you're not you're not just some you're a thing you're no longer a person you've become a thing oh dude even tom hanks has to assume that he's a big deal when he walks up to people and he's right but that's a different (laughs) way to look at the world (laughs) yes and he's right He's right, right? Like, I mean, it's Tom friggin' Hanks, right? Like, right. he's an amazing actor. Yeah, he would waste so much time if he approached someone and he's like, Hi, I'm Tom Hanks. Uh, I do movie acting. And, no, we know Tom Hanks. <laughs> I was in this thing, yeah. you know, where I was, I was a kid and then I got big. Uh, it was kind of popular, I guess. <laughs> I think that part of being Tom Hanks would be fun, though. It's like, I know that you know who I am. Right, but right. From what? <laughs> How do you know me? That's where it gets fun. Oh man, what was that? Uh, there was some like made-for-TV movie, and that was like the first thing that ever had Tom Hanks in it. 
and it was basically really? yeah i just found out about it because i was watching a documentary about something else and they mentioned it but it was like a made for tv movie and hollywood was trying to capitalize on basically demonizing uh dungeons and dragons <laughs> and Tom Hanks was one of the kids that like lost his semblance of reality because he was playing role playing games and he they showed a clip of him just looking confused and all Tom Hanksish and he's like I don't even know who I am anymore he's running through tunnels and murdering people and... <laughs> little did he know that he was going to grow up and become everyone he was just going to be Walt Disney he was going to be Mr. Rogers he was going to be Sully how, how on earth does that guy manage to literally just personify every single hero that we've ever had? I mean, that's, that's what heart. makes him a household name, dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a person anymore. He's 17 different people that we all know and love. And one toy. And one toy. <laughs> one toy. Yeah, there it is. I always, I always forget about Toy Story, but that's insane that I forget. That's how great Tom is. Yeah, that I forget yeah. he's in Toy Story. <laughs> if Toy Story is the bottom of your top five for yeah. comments. <laughs> all right, enough about Tom Hanks. We got to talk about you, baby. We got to talk about all okay. the things that that's make fair. you sad on stage. So. When, when did yeah, you dude. start doing comedy in Cincinnati? Um, uh, I was spring of, I forget what year, I, I, nine years, what is it, spring of 2012 or 2011, one of those, uh, I'd always wanted to do it, and then, um, oh, okay, I, yeah, I'd always wanted to do it, and then I finally got pushed into it, like a lot of people, uh, and I loved it from the start. And so I decided to do the contest, and that went okay. And from then on, I was the contest is the funniest person in Cincinnati for people that right. actually don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, it is the contest in Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that went well enough, and I was like, okay, well, let's let's see. Yeah, yeah. Let's so you pushing. make it to the finals your first year, or was it just positive feedback? I made it to the final. I lost to, uh, I'm looking at his name right now, but I can't remember. I'm looking at his face, but I can't remember his name. <laughs> um, but yeah, I made it to the final, lost that first one, and then I was like, well, next year we're going to do better, and I fortunately did, and I was kind of off to the, to, to the races. Hell yeah, dude. So where did you do your first show at, and how did that go? Uh, I did my first show in college. Uh, it was a it was a one off thing where there was a talent show and some friends needed needed people to fill some slots and I was like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll get up there. Uh, that did not that went uh, fine for first time badly in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I ended it. I don't remember the joke, but I ended it with like a pretty dirty joke uh, about like a whole bunch of dudes hooking up with a girl and then finding out that they're Eskimo brothers at, at a gym, which was not a joke. It was just, it was just a literal story that I had. <laughs> and, like there was no punchline. It was just like, and then everyone found out. <laughs> um, and now so, we have this know. bond. Thank you very much. I'm Spark yeah. Tabor. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a better ending. I don't I think I tried to get real quick. I don't know. Yours is like up, up, uplifting. <laughs> and I mean, as far as the story goes, the audience probably benefited from it. They're just sitting there like, oh, that's interesting that that happened. Yeah. <laughs> that's the reaction you kind of need. For sure. <laughs> from that. <laughs> yeah. 
appreciate you sharing yeah (laughs) so i mean from that talent show when did you start like going to mics regularly and actually like trying to be a comedian like when did you start figuring out what those steps were and like the kind of work that you had to put in on the back half yeah it was after the contest uh because i hadn't done any mics i did i did one go bananas open mic and then i did wiley's once and then the, and then I did the contest. So, so those, and then after the contest and seeing how that went, I was like, okay, you have something here. It's very rough, <laughs> but there is some kernel of skill yeah, or whatever. So like, let's try and develop that into something that's actually worth uh, people watching. Well, dude, I mean, just looking at the sheer numbers there, like you were on stage literally like a single digit number of times. And then you did the contest, which is like, you know, a couple of performances, but you made it to the finals. Like that's, of course you had a kernel of something that could be developed into something else. Like you had so little stage experience and for you to make it to the finals of the funniest person in Cincinnati, which as we discussed is the contest in Cincinnati. Like that's, that's a huge deal. Like that's a huge accolade, man. Bravo. Well done. All the, all the positivity dumping on your head right now. I mean, I appreciate it, and thank you. Um, I just, you know, at the time, you know, you, you, you don't. I didn't understand what the contest was because yeah. I wasn't friends with anybody in comedy, and I didn't understand what it meant to people. Uh, and I also like didn't understand the process, like that you have to bring a lot of people. So like, <laughs> I was just showing up, like. Hello. <laughs> you, you, uh, you did that well, and you didn't even bring anybody to show up and vote for you? No, nah, I mean, you know, I had, like, my like girlfriend and, like, maybe a table of her friends the first time. And oh, my I, gosh, uh, dude. Brian Knapp, that's who the person was that beat me. I was, like, rolling okay. around in my head. <laughs> Shout out to Brian Knapp. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, and I after that experience and I saw what it took, uh, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Next time, yeah. you have to try and perform well and have friends there because <laughs> only one of those isn't going to work for you. Yeah, yeah. So then what happens next? Like, you, you start hitting mics, you start actually, like, working yeah. on the craft and so on. When did comedy... Yeah, I hit mics. When did comedy bite you in the ass? Like, when was the moment that you were like, oh, okay, so it's not only super fun and cool and this, like weird thing that i can do but it also like will hit me in the back of the head and knock me out um i rob rob wilfong paid me to do a show uh and i think latonia kentucky in in november Uh, those latonia (laughs) kentucky shows (laughs) yeah those shows were insane i don't know if he still does them uh but that's a different breed Oh, he does? I think Uh, he does them every now and again. started out at the same mic, so we're familiar with Rob Wilfong. I think he's a fixture of entering the comedy scene. Yeah. Yes. He's a very special comedian. He's got his (laughs) own style. Mahogany's Bar. Yeah, I've never seen anybody... That's the place Dude, in Latonia. He does. Dude, yeah. he's an he's an animal. Like he's he his character is completely neurotic and and fixated. But he, yeah, like like Luke said, he's a fixture in like the Cincinnati scene. He's like this this thing that you come up and meet. And I mean, without being a household name, I think Rob Wilfong has transformed himself into a thing 
without being a household name because he's not a person anymore yes like, he's not <laughs> yes he's... No, for sure <laughs> i mean how, how would you describe what he does it's it's kind of like a little man child ish yeah once he gets up there but just wild and erratic I, i'm a big fan that's yeah yeah love me some yeah, rob Wolf i think Long. that's exactly it <laughs> if, you, if you picture a man child yes yeah <laughs> like has other stuff to do after the set and so that's how he treats he's like he acts that way throughout the set like this is a thing i'm doing before the other thing i i, I want to be doing yeah, yeah yeah and i've never seen another comedian on a show that has that <laughs> no <laughs> never <laughs> and you can't say that about like male white comedians it's usually dick joke dating all yep. that, and he never touches anything with that. No, nope. <laughs> he. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. I know we're talking about someone that most of your audience probably doesn't know, but I suggest if you have a chance, have have that experience. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So set the scene. What uh, what does Mahogany's Bar look like? Like where? Because it um, is a unique room. It's a unique yes. room. So, I mean, I don't know if it's changed, but seven years ago, you, you walk in, the bar is on the right, and there's a long, uh, like, bar room yeah. to get to the stage in the back. The stage usually has some ridiculous de decoration because <laughs> they had some party before, um, and <laughs> that's it. Like, there's a bar, there's a room that you walk down. Like, there isn't a separate room for comedy, so whoever walks into the bar is just a part of the show. Yep. Uh, which has its benefits in that you have a potentially un unmeasurable amount of people that could be coming in and out. Uh, but most of them aren't there for the show. Some, well, actually, hold on. Sometimes, like the very first show that I did with him, the one that I got paid for, was actually a really good show because it was late November and uh, it's cold, obviously. Like people, right. aren't, people aren't leaving their house unless it's on purpose. Right, yeah. Um, no one's just hanging out. I I did shows there in the spring where things got a little rough, but um, <laughs> you know, just people yelling yelling back at you or like asking you to shut up when you're the one on the mic. Anyway, <laughs> they gave me a microphone. Also, people were allowed to smoke still in bars back then. Oh um, yeah, it started to disappear, but Kentucky, per normal, was a bit behind the time. <laughs> um, so it was it was weird to be in Ohio where you couldn't, and then to go across the state, and then everyone was smoking inside. Right. Yeah. So how was that that show that like hit you in the back of the head and and hurt your soul? Like, uh, did, was there an audience? That... Oh. I understand what you're saying. I thought you were saying hit me in the back of the head, as in like, holy crap, like Eureka. You mean the other way? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 This is a show about bombing. Um... Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have a prepared story. Well, yeah, I, I thought you were in positive and then negative. Okay, anyway. No, no, we don't want to hear your successes. <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, my worst weekend of comedy ever was opening for Michael Blackson at the Dayton Funny Bone. Okay. Uh, and I know people are like, don't say names in places, but I, I did. And <laughs> yeah, it was by far, like by a, by a like large amount of time, professionally, my low point. Um, and uh, if you don't know who Michael Blackson is, uh, 
you probably like like Mudasaka is like kind of this like his thing. He was, he was <laughs> I got gotcha. African guy in uh in 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 next Friday that that Pinky beats up. You've seen him in things. You maybe just don't know who he is. Gotcha. Uh, and if but a, a lot of people do. Let me just say that in very in certain communities uh, he's very popular. Anyway, his audience is is in a lot of ways not my. Uh, audience and his performance is in a lot of ways not mine. You don't know who I am if you're listening, probably, but I'm a bit more reserved. Like I do act out. Like I have, I have a little bit of energy, but like mm-hmm. if you're if you're looking for a show physically, like I'm not the comic that you want to see it because it's it's going to be a bit more. Uh, you have to listen to what I say, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Which I'm not saying my way is better or worse than anyone else's. Like who doesn't like a show? Michael Blackson is kind of the exact opposite. Like he's very demonstrative, high act out, high energy. He'll stop in a in a moment if someone in the crowd is doing something he doesn't like, and then he'll make fun of that person. He has like props. He has a whole thing. Like it's it's a show, and gotcha. it's very successful. Hats off to him. But anyway, so I hosted for that. They asked me to do 15 minutes on Thursday to kind of see what I had. I did fine. Okay. Uh, very, very, uh, exact. A hundred thousand other comics could have had the exact same set I did. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just very average. And then Friday, I bombed. Like Ooh. I, <laughs> like Friday early show, I bombed. Like you're like Spark, you didn't bomb. Okay, listen. I said, <laughs> I, I said on stage. <laughs> You guys are going to laugh at one of these, I promise. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get you. You just wait. <laughs> yeah. And then that got the biggest laugh I had gotten so far. And then I kind of ran with that energy and kind of just made fun of my own jokes to the audience. And they liked that. Of course. <laughs> that was the only they thing that. they were on board for. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you don't like you either? Well, then we have something in common. <laughs> like, oh my. Which I guess technically like keeps it from being the biggest bomb. But like, I, re- I refuse to acknowledge. Like, if, you're, if you saved a bomb by hating on your own stuff, like that's an even bigger bomb to me. Exactly. They're yeah. not like, no, you were fine. No, they're like, correct. Yeah. <laughs> Turning on the audience is one thing, but when you cross the line and join them in hating yourself. Yes, 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 yes. yes. That is the lowest of low. Um, well, I guess, I mean, sure, I guess turning on the audience is worse, right? But like, that's a that's a you as a human thing, not a you as a comic yeah, thing. But yeah. the opposite thing where you switch sides is a little better, but not by much. <laughs> It's a, it's okay. So it's not literally the worst thing I could have done on stage. Correct. <laughs> um, but yeah, they. I had never felt that way in my and this and this wasn't like a year in a comedy. This was like this was like two years ago. Like I had I had, oh, yeah, I had yeah. done several things of some merit. Yeah, yeah. Um, up to that point, and they uh, the Friday Late Show. I was. I like wrote a new set, like obviously, because I'm doing the old one. We gotta pivot, because that didn't work. <laughs> we gotta pivot hard. Uh, and uh, Mike's manager came up to me, uh, was like, and was like, "What do you?" Because uh, I like I was sitting alone from everyone else while people were talking and having fun. Because I'm like, okay, I can't have that happen again. Uh, so Mike's manager, um, I don't remember his name, unfortunately, he was walking by me uh, and asked me what I was doing. Uh, and I said, oh, I'm writing new 
jokes for the late show. And he just nodded his head and went, good. <laughs> kept walking away. He's like, I don't need that right now. <laughs> just kick you while you're down. That's <laughs> Exactly, bro. Did you need... Um, I will say the Friday show went better only because it couldn't have gone worse. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but late Saturday, I had a good set and I literally almost cried. And, I, and I'm nice. not like exaggerating. I almost cried because the first three sets had been so demoralizing right, right yeah that i was sitting there like what am i doing should i quit this weekend <laughs> like yeah. i'm not, not helping the show <laughs> and i had a good set saturday not good comparatively good it was also mike's worst set so like it it further proved my theory that like yeah, part but... of this is just these are not my people right right but also, you only have 10 minutes, and if you're a decent comic, you should be able to get through it, right? Like, this yeah. is, I don't want to make any excuses. I didn't do what I was paid to do. End of story. Uh, but the silver lining of that to me that I kind of used to, like, keep myself from quitting comedy was that, like, this was just not my strongest area for comedy, right? Like, the, those jokes could have done better somewhere else. But I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm blaming the audience. I messed up. I didn't do a good <laughs> job because Michael crushed and the feature murdered <laughs> and there was a guest set early so saturday and he crushed right so clearly these people that's worse when people do well after you just bombed and <laughs> right they're like oh it can be done pretty easily actually yes. the guy after me was like just kidding <laughs> you seem like such a grounded guy like when you were describing starting out and immediately being kind of successful yeah the way you described it was different than people who were like oh yeah i'm hilarious of course i crushed you came <laughs> up on oh, success dude. and you're like oh i'm kind of <laughs> oh did, is that not the case did you have a big ego when you started Oh no, I'm saying like I like it, the audacity to like have a couple good sets and think that like you're I mean, you're not wrong. I know I've heard plenty of comics talk about crushing and then I've watched them and I'm like, shut up. Don't shut up. Like, <laughs> like shut your stupid mouth. Um, no, I I have like a I have a lot of self-confidence, but part of that is based off of what happens, right? So if I yeah. have a good set, then I'm like oh, I did well and I deserve that. But then if I have a bad set, okay, well, the same energy, right? Like, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got to bring the fire that, regardless. Like, there, there wasn't uh, anyone else's fault but yours. Uh, so that's why I'm like, okay, well, you know you know how stand-up is. It's yeah. your last set. How did your last set? Right. Yup. And yep. if it went poorly, you're just like, oh, I, I'm not funny. You immediately forget about all your successes. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yes. Correct. And it, it goes the other way too. For for me at least. When I fucking yeah. mur oh sorry, can I can we can we curse on this? That's my first time cursing. We'll you edit it out. It it's fine. It. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, when I murder, I forget like I've never had a bad set. That went so well. And then I bad set, I'm like, okay, well, I'm quitting. How how many times have you actually like almost quit comedy? You said that you almost quit that weekend, but like how many times have Facts. you <laughs> how many times have you just been like you know i'm probably wasting my time doing all of this that is a very i've actually never like tried to count i'm trying to think of the bombs that i've had honestly you probably like shouldn't so try bad. to count that because that's probably a bad statistic to keep track of sure like how many times <laughs> have this almost been over yeah um 
I don't know, pro- like three or four, probably. If, okay. If we're being honest, like I had, uh, I got booed off stage once in Cincinnati. Well, twice actually in Cincinnati, and I was like, okay, well, that's that. <laughs> <I'm done." laughs> was it at Motor? <laughs> no, uh, but I have been at Motor. <laughs> I've been at Motor. People have been booed for sure, dude. Oh my god! It's, it's Motor is like they don't mess around. No, dude. If they don't like you, they will all take a vote Boy. and let you know that you need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> we need a count of how many times Motor has been mentioned in this show. <laughs> I think it's at least two. And we haven't done that many episodes got, so far. You shot that it wasn't more. Because <laughs> yeah, motor's rude. I like that. To be honest, if we're being very honest, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Trial by fire. Because people need to know. Yeah, dude. I yes. mean, we were talking about people you know? <laughs> with egos and how disillusioned people can get just because they had a couple of good sets and things. And like, motor will correct a lot of that stuff in an instant. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. boy. That's the that's the only time I've been booed at Motor, and it wasn't like a whole crowd boo. It was a com- ten to twelve disinterested people, and then one guy <laughs> turning around and just going boo, and then just turning back around to his drink. It was the worst. <laughs> oh man, I love that. <laughs> Have you have you ever had a person that has heckled you into a bomb? How do you handle that situation? Have you had somebody just like completely mm-hmm. turn the crowd on you? Talk about it. What happened, baby? Yes. <laughs> um, well, so the I mentioned the two booings. Those are both at uh, Judy Brown used to run an uh, Apollo style show. And if you don't know uh, the uh, Apollo, it's a, it's a, it was is I think it's still going, but it used to be gigantic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mostly black crowds, uh, and you were and it was on TV uh, and like Steve Harvey said, a lot of people that you know right now got big because of the Apollo. So I suggest you look Ooh. it up if you don't know what it is. <laughs> But that crowd was encouraged to vocally express literally whatever they were feeling the minute that they felt it. So if they loved you, they were encouraged to shout and cheer and hoop and holler and stand up and clap. And if they didn't like you, they were encouraged to yell at you, to boo, to hiss, to whatever they wanted. Just do whatever you want. Um, and so she brought that to the Newport Funny Bone, which I loved, of course. I grew up watching Showtime at the Apollo. It's like, I can't wait to try uh, the very first time I did, I, I did the show four times. The first time went well. The second time, uh, well, what went well enough. Second time, yeah, there was a lady that second, second or third time, I don't remember. Third time, actually, it doesn't matter. No one cares. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the comic before me got got booed off, which is always a bad sign because once they start, it's just it's just like a, a roller coaster. Right, yep. blood in the water. Yep. <laughs> yes. If the person before you murdered, you have to be an absolute douchebag <laughs> to get booed <laughs> off because they're in such a good mood. Uh, um, again, I'm not giving excuses. I'm just telling you the story. Right. Uh, so he right. got booed. <laughs> the minute that I got on stage, because of how bad he he did, a woman yelled out, you better be funny. <laughs> oh, no. I hadn't touched the mic. I hadn't spoken a word. <laughs> She just, it was, that was the warning she gave me. And other people, once she said that, were like, yeah. And like, like clapped her comment. Like, so I'm like, yo, I already know the pressure, but now you've... Yeah. <laughs> you've put an even deeper hole 
Oh, man. I did a brand new joke up top. Ooh, bold move. Yes. Bold oh, like, move. Like, like maybe he forgot that he's supposed to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was a... If by bold you mean idiotic, then correct. Like, why would you do an untested joke at the top of a set with the stakes of what they are? Yeah, when a woman literally just yelled at you, he sucked, now fix it. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, well, how about this thing no one on the planet has heard before? <laughs> is, that, is that what you guys want to hear? This brand new... Because it was, it, was, it was Mother's Day... So I said, happy Mother's Day to the women in the audience. And I'm like, that'll get them. <laughs> uh, and I did a joke about my mom, which I've never done before, about how she isn't a very good driver. Uh, <laughs> and it bombed. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it deserved to bomb, but it certainly didn't deserve to be up top. <laughs> yeah, happy Mother's Day. By the way, you guys are bad drivers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, like at least say something. I mean, I was like, I love my mom, blah, 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 but now let's get her. Um, <laughs> like, it was a real, real um, Yeah, and I got, I would say that she, because she did shake me. When she yelled that, I was already nervous, but it right. like, my confidence dipped even further. Like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> So is that where the boo started? Just like one joke and they're like, nope. Oh yeah. One joke and I was out. <laughs> well, they didn't they didn't give me a chance to tell a second joke. <laughs> uh, immediately I I finished that joke and I and then the boos. <laughs> so did you leave the yes, stage then? Right, that's that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Wow. Uh, 35 second set, 50 second set. <laughs> And I do blame her. I feel like they would have given me at least one more joke, but she had already warned me. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This, this was a two strike game. So can those shows be like either two hours or twenty minutes long? It seems like if they just go through a bunch of people. Yeah, what what Judy would do, which like hats off to her for hosting masterfully, is if there were a bunch of boo, like if there were two or three boos in a row, she would stop the show and and do and do jokes. She like we she'd reset the crowd. Gotcha. Uh, both yeah. because it needed to be reset to be fair to the other the other performers, and also because like you're saying, this has been it's, it's been ten minutes. <laughs> the show got to last a lot of time, so. It was twofold. Yeah, she'd extend the show and kind of reset the audience, um, which she did very well. I, 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 I've only ever done that show that's that style, but like I couldn't have thought of at a time, at that time, a better comics running. Not me kissing her, but she's probably never going to hear this. That's just truly how I felt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez, yeah. man. I don't, I don't even know if she's, if she's good with comedy, to be first of all. Yeah. It's a shame that the Liberty Funny Bone closed down, I, I want to say within a couple months of me starting. So yeah. I've never gotten to do it. Liberty's gone? Yeah. Or no, Newport Funny Bone. Sorry. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was about to say, Newport yeah. left. Yeah, Newport News closed. News to yes. me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy crap, dude. It was just open for like two years. <laughs> The stakes were just too expensive, man. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah, they just started booing everyone. It was crazy. 
just booze abound. We don't like comedy anymore. We just come here to boo. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're here for. Have you heard of this new club? They put you in tables in front of a stage, and then they let you just yell at a person chasing their dreams. It's the best <laughs> weekend you can have for $10. Yeah. <laughs> honestly i think people would love that show <laughs> like if that was the thing where like look you have to, you just get to yell and they have to fight through it it's just like an anger session in um brave new world where they Bru-bru-ha. oh yeah or brouhaha <laughs> yes yes 100 percent. oh man brouhaha you you've done brouhaha, right, Spark? Of yes. course you have. How have your experiences been oh, there? Oh yeah, we all got it, right? Everyone mm-hmm. here. Yeah, of course, man. Comedy Christmas. Um, I uh, I was very fortunate with brouhaha. The very first time that I did it uh, was because I had won one of the contests, so I got to do main stage. Oh, and, okay. Uh, people at the main stage are there for comedy. Like nobody is just hanging out right uh, right the other stages uh, <laughs> yeah yeah you're, you're dealing with you folks get. that are just trying to get a beer at one of the other booths right next to the stage oh man one of the worst i feel sorry for people who get that main stage like early in the day and they have like the giant arena and there's maybe five people in lawn chairs <laughs> The thing is staged to seat like 250 people or more, and there's just five of them sprinkled around. Oh, yeah, it's the best. It's so much space to fill. It is so much space to fill with nobody else in there. And, I mean, it's already hard enough. Even if there was, like, a solid group there, the laughs still don't reach you because you're, like, 50 feet away from anybody. It's such an inner... It's a weird thing doing comedy outside, but... Who knew that brouhaha was going to be what comedy is in 2020? Like, that's what everything's become. It's just outdoor festival style, man. Have have you done any, like, live outdoor shows? well prepared for it. I know, dude. We've been training for this for years. (laughs) We've been training for years. It's like, what's what's new? (laughs) Oh, it's outside? Okay. I'm very prepared for that. I'm used to yelling into the nothingness. That's that's once a year for me for a week. Yep. (laughs) Cincinnati comedy screaming into the void. I love I love that. I, that's our that's our new uh, motto. Yeah, I want to buy a license plate. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming into the void. Uh, you've adapted pretty well to like quarantine stuff. You're running uh, uh, that joke toast roast. I probably switched the name of the three things, but you said it. joke roast toast. Yeah, wh- wh- whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Who cares? Like. <laughs> How how has that been uh, compared to just running a normal show, a show on Twitch? Um, I love it uh, because uh, you know we're all people get tired of watching stand up on Zoom, like it just yeah. doesn't translate. <laughs> yeah, uh, the same. And so I was like, we need something that get, we need we need to entertain people in a way that's a bit more dynamic. Uh, and everyone loves seeing strangers make make fun of each other, but I don't want to just do that because yeah. that's boring too. <laughs> um, so I was like, we're we're going to do stand up and and roast, and then um, 
I don't know. I was just like, well, what's going to make that different from any, from, I wanted a way to differentiate. And so that's where the, the toast came in. Uh, it's like, say something mean, say, and then immediately say something nice. Right. So like, yeah. it, like work both those. Uh, and it's, it's worked well. We're like, we're, we're averaging like six, 16 to 20 people watching. Um, yeah. Which is really good for a yeah. internet show. <laughs> yeah i mean i'll take it like you know i've i've done shows that are doing better and i've done shows doing way worse um and the people like we have if we're in our 15th week so we we now have like like regulars that like know the format and yeah like, are making jokes and like making fun of us and um i love it i love it yeah. i strongly suggest uh, it, this isn't going anywhere and it's getting cold. So outdoor shows are going to die. Yeah. So, you know, get a, get a Twitch show or come watch mine. <laughs> Those are my two suggestions. Yeah, and I think the format that's a, a tight format helps that type of show because as disinterested as audiences could be before, I think the attention span shrinks even more when it's online and you've got your phone and your entire house around you. Yeah. Yes. Short yes. and spoon feeding it to people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it it creates very quick beginnings and ends. Yeah. Um. So the the chance that someone watches our whole show isn't high. There are people that do love you all, but I understand <laughs> <laughs> that most people, like you're saying, are like sampling. Yeah. So every ten minutes, eight to ten minutes. We have a brand new show because, yeah. oh, I guess p p people don't understand. Okay, so the way it works is two comics, Dan and Sue, go up. Dan does one minute of jokes, then Sue does one minute of jokes. Dan does one minute of roast. Sue does one minute of roast. Dan does one minute of toast. Sue does one minute of toast. And then after that's over, the audience votes for who their favorite was, and that person ad advances to face someone new. So gotcha. it's about a seven-minute ex experience, and then you, you get to interact. And then we do then we do it again. Gotcha. We need to interact. Interesting. Um, so yeah, it, it just it works, and I'm like trying to find new ways. I try either new shows or new additions to to the show that will keep it somewhat fresh. Yeah. Uh, working open to suggestions. We I, we we have something in the books that we might try, but anyone that has thoughts on that that wants to come and watch and then critique our show heavily, I'm very open to that. Yeah, it's such an interesting idea. And then the fact that you're even mixing new stuff in it after you've done it, that's impressive that you just adapted. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, man. And this weird climate and, and how, like, you know, performing has completely changed. Everything that you're doing online, like you, like you said earlier, you're competing with everything that's in that person's house. Which means whatever their favorite foods that they've stuck in the refrigerator, you're just trying to keep them from putting their phone down to go get a snack for, for however long that you're trying to do that. I think seven minutes, dude, that seven to ten minute thing where you're just like starting a new thing every couple of, of whatevers. That's so smart, dude. That's incredibly intelligent. Is that the only online show that you're doing or do you have any other things that are like working in the works? Um, it's the only one I'm doing consistently. I was doing trivia for a while, and then I was doing like stand. And then I do stand up on other people's shows. But as far as I go, and then I 
I have my own Twitch channel, which is where a lot of my energy is going, where I stream like video games, um, and also that 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 comedy show. Uh, but as far as regularly re regular things, it's my Twitch stream, playing video games, and then uh, joke roast toast. And we're, we're like I said, we, me and Cynthia have uh, Cynthia Maria is also in it. She's uh, fantastic. Feel free to look her up. Um, synthesizer, C uh, Y N T H E S I. Z E R. she's we we're we're talking. She's great because she's real bubbly yeah. and uh in engaged, and so it allows me to not have to carry the show. Yeah. Um, so much, which uh I need <laughs> uh, because I don't know. Like I'm doing a lot of the technical stuff. Like like you're talking. Like I'm I'm operating like who who the audience is, and then I'm responding to people on Twitch. And like I I need someone that's hosting that not only I don't have to babysit, but extends it and like brings their own merit yeah. and their own value. She does that incredibly yeah. well. Which is can, it's kind of random. I can see that like contra contrasting but complementary energy that you kind of need where you're pretty level-headed and then you have somebody bubbly and uh cheerful that kind of brings out the best in each other luke which one of us is the bubbly cheerful one um i th i'd say it would definitely be me that's 100 percent my style <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> So, Spark, I know that you got to get out of here, but before we wrap things up, um, what, right. uh, what, wh where can people find your Twitch show? Um, where can people find you on social media? When does your Twitch show happen? Tell, tell the folks your biz. Uh, yeah, hundred um, percent. If you if you know what Twitch is, uh, my my name is Spizlation on it. That's uh, S P is in Paul I Z Z. L A T is in Tom I O N Spizlation. Um, if you don't know what Twitch is, then don't worry about it. <laughs> it's, I'm not going to explain that to you. <laughs> Do kind of are like there is some inversion to it that I don't understand. <laughs> um, so I've stopped trying to explain what it is. That's um, perfectly if, fine. <laughs> if you don't have Twitch. Uh, oh, sorry. The show is every Monday at 7.30 Central Time. Uh, gotcha. Okay. Chicago. Um, and otherwise, just add Spark Tabor. Spell how it sounds. Well, I guess Tabor is T-A-B-O-R, not E-R. Sometimes that confuses people. Mm -hmm. um, uh, social media. Everything I do is under Spark Tabor, uh, except for Twitch. Because it's, it, it's weird to use your, your, your name on Twitch. Nobody does it. Um, oh. Well, not nobody. Most people don't. <laughs> Not the professionals. Right, right. Everyone's I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, everyone has their little like, like name thing. PewDiePie is he a Twitcher or did he just do YouTube? <laughs> oh wait, Spark, are you still there? Yeah. Oh no, I moved. Yes, I moved closer to the the wireless thing so because i i kept seeing you guys come in and out oh okay years. gotcha i'm so glad we did that in the last five minutes of the show 
whatever. Like, honestly, this was super fun talking to you guys. If, if, if literally one person goes to my Twitch, then that was fine. And if none of them, then this was still dope. Like, I, oh, okay. Thank you so much. And I'm not just kissing your guys, but I mean that, because, uh, because there's no, there's, there's no need for me to say it. <laughs> like, I don't need to say that. I could have just been like, thanks. You're right. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you, man. (laughs) Just in the show with thanks. This has been a giant energy drain. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Like, all right, I gotta go. uh, Not to do anything else, but just to not talk to you guys. That's how I I just. That would have been so mean Uh, and like and unnecessary. Unnecessary to say. Oh my gosh. Oh, Spark, thank you so much for coming on, man. This was a blast. Of course. This is super fun. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, Absolutely. Keep keep listening if you are listening. These these guys are great. Oh. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And uh, I have seen you. I want to say seven to ten times, and every time has been just an experience. So definitely, when comedy gets going, hit him up live. Watch his shows before then. Yes, I appreciate that. Please, please do. 2021, baby. <laughs> 2021? <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's when you're going to see me live again. If, if then. Right, maybe. Certainly not. Uh, 2020 is dead, as far as that goes. Yep. Yep, this year is, it, it's, uh, I'm tired of it. It could be done. <laughs> Same. All right, Spark, you have a wonderful time, brother. Take care. 